Recorded live. Scuba Obsessed is a weekly podcast where we talk about all things scuba diving, from cool new gear, places to dive, and scuba in the news. Welcome to episode 38, the water's still warm, but not at 80 feet, quarry scuba diving. This week in the news, we have eight things to do with historic imagery in Google Earth, the pipes are calling, invasive lionfish targeted again in Florida, Robert Downey Jr. to star in Dream Project, uh, and then a project with love, Gene Michael Cousteau, my father the captain, and Orlando Scuba Diver wins weekend underwater scuba re- uh, race in the Florida Keys. And back by popular demand, we have my co-host, Jim. How are you today? I'm doing great, and it's good to be back. <laughs> it seems like it's been so long since, it has. since we've all kind of been together. So it's uh, great to have you back in the show. Uh, hope everything worked out well, and uh, you're ready Absolutely. to talk some scuba. I am. I always am. <laughs> I, I knew I wouldn't even have to bring that up. So let's go ahead and we'll get started with some scuba in the news. We'll get that out of the way as we affectionately call the news. Uh, let's, let's see which one should we take uh, in whatever order. We'll start with... Uh, okay, we'll do the eight things to do with historic imagery. Uh, Google the news. Um, did you send me a link? Yeah, I did, didn't I? Hang on, hang on. All oh, oh, the amazing show prep is 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 is, amazing, is is obvious. So I did send you a link. Okay, so eight things to do with historical imagery in Google Earth, and uh, this is there's nothing really unique about this article. Nothing amazing. But it did have some stuff that applied to scuba diving. They actually mentioned scuba diving in it. And it applies to us with what we like to do, which is search for shipwrecks. So uh, we won't go through all the eight items again. You can go ahead over to Scuba Obsessed after the show, hopefully on Friday or Saturday or before the, the following week. And we'll have the show notes posted. One of the items was find clear image of the place you want to examine closely. And, uh, for example, boaters or scuba divers can use historical images to find photos to better evaluate underwater landscapes. So what they're saying is that maybe the current shot of the location you're looking at might have had cloud cover. uh, So it still shows up as water. I think they do a little bit of tinting or something, but that might not have been as visible otherwise. So if you go back in history, you're going to be able to see it. And also you can look at changes. So if you've got a shipwreck that you're looking at, you can go back in time and see how that changed. That is really neat. I didn't even know that that was an option, to be honest with you. Well, it was one of those things I've been thinking, not only from Google Earth, but photos in general, especially these cameras starting to put GPS tags on. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I've always thought it would be amazing to do video or something on a wreck and then to have all those images of that location linked together so we could move forward and back in time so that you could maybe see a wreck as it's flayed out and as it's breaking down from wave action. Let's see how that's varied. Also movement. And for us, Lake Michigan, a lot of times we're looking for the boards without the zebra mussels saying those are the ones uh, that were covered by sand the previous year. So something along those lines is, is always interesting. 
Okay, the next article, let's go ahead and look at uh, projects with love, the Jean-Michael Cousteau, my father, the captain. And for as long as I watched the undersea world of Jacques Cousteau, it seems like it wasn't that long ago. And then to think that his sons are what are as old as they are Mm -hmm. is is pretty amazing. So uh, Jean Michael, the oldest of Cousteau's son is now 72 years old. And uh, as we covered earlier in the year, uh, uh, Jacques Cousteau, had he been alive, would have had his 100th birthday this year. It's it's amazing to go back and look at some of the uh, some of the early films that he did, and to look at the things that were possible then, but they were true pioneers doing it. Um, kind of spooky to think, you know, what they were were able and willing to do on the equipment that they had invented. Uh, very impressive. It is it is amazingly impressive. Uh, you know, John Michael Cousteau's mother, Simone. Uh, one of Jacques Cousteau's wives was the first female scuba diver, and it's it's hard to believe that. I mean, there had to have been a, a first, but you think of how many million of women, millions of women today scuba dived. Mm-hmm. You know, to think that you know your mom was the pioneer, and then mm-hmm. your dad for all the inventions that he had done, and then bringing it. So uh, that that line uh, where you uh, you know you protect what you love. It really says a lot about Jacques Cousteau's life. And uh, a little bit of this article, they're talk, uh, he's, he's got a book out and a show that he's doing to raise money. He's got uh, an organization. Let's see if we can find it in here. The uh, Let's see. Uh, the Ocean Future Society. So they're currently doing some fundraisers, and he's talking about just the environmental condition that his father had warned. You know, if we if you don't do something about this, then you're going to have problems. And he's saying that they're we're down to the last 13 years for his father's prediction of uh, times running out. The next article is kind of the same thing. A media is uh, Robert Downey Jr. To star in Steve McQueen's dream project, and I always love a good movie with scuba diving in it. Well, it doesn't get any better than that. Well, you, you have to. Anything with anything is better with scuba diving, except for eating ice cream. But that's for after the dive, so it still counts. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Steve McQueen. Uh, so what? It, what, it, what? Kind of to briefly paraphrase what was going on here. Steve McQueen had this movie that he, he wanted to make, and it had to do with, uh, he had a plot line of being in the Yucatan and scuba diving. And, you know, he, he died in his 80s, and his and uh, Steve McQueen's son was going through uh, a locker and found notes for a script. And uh, the fast-forward to now, they've actually got it put together where it's actually going to be a movie, and they've signed Robert Downey Jr. to, Jr. to star in it. The movie is going to be called Yucatan. Sounds pretty interesting, talking about uh, undersea, deep-sea salvage. Yes. Um, that should be should be impressive. We haven't seen anything uh, come along 
uh, as far as scuba or, or underwater for, for quite some time, have we? I can't think of anything recently. Well, the, well, the last one was, I think it was in the last year. Did you see that one? Did we did we take the girls out to see the one where it was the treasure hunters and it had... Uh, see, I, I'm a guy, so I can't remember the leading actor's name. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, the women would be able to, like, snap it off the top of their heads of what it was. But remember they were, they were looking for the gold and uh, they had the... Oh. Yeah, Fuck. yeah. Um. <laughs> Chat room, anybody help us? No, <laughs> we. Yeah, maybe we'll find it for next week. But there was. Uh... Yeah, it yeah, was that kind movie. Of a cute movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't. Yeah, I wouldn't call it top of all time, and it was. It was entertaining, and there was scuba diving in it. Uh, was it Fool's Gold? Fool's Gold, I think that's what it was. So yeah, it was Fool's Gold. So that was that's the most recent movie I can think of with scuba diving in it. Uh, was that the one where he? blew himself up at one point in the movie uh, probably yeah where they sank the boat early yeah on. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that looks like something that uh we'd be capable of <laughs> we resemble um, that remark the way that the luck runs yeah it, it kind of resembled us too <laughs> you know matthew mcconaughey and, and well i know. get mistaken for him all the time so i'm, I'm right. used to well yeah, it's easy yeah. Yeah. yeah i understand yeah so uh there's a law. There's a law. Am I violating a trademark across state lines, across state misrepresenting lines. stuff? You know, well, maybe, maybe maybe I uh, match two of them. <laughs> we we could get ourselves in trouble here, but yeah, it. Okay, I remember that one, and then. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, there's a couple of, but I'd be excited to see a, a new good one come out. Um, and, and with Robert Downey Jr., it should be a fun movie. Yeah. Yeah. No matter all the wackiness he does in his personal life, he's still a, a great actor. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then our next article is Invasive Lionfish Targeted by Scuba Divers in Florida Keys Again. Uh, last week we had a couple articles that had uh, were talking about the the lionfish. They had that event where they had on the uh, east coast where they had collected more than 500. Then somebody had found some lionfish over in the Gulf side and said it was just the beginning. So they're now targeting uh, the lionfish again, uh, and we hope it's successful. What they're doing is they're saying the event is to eliminate the invasive lionfish. Scuba divers are invited to become undersea anglers during an innovative event to continue the efforts to control the population non-invasive lionfish of Florida Key waters. It's set for September, November 13th, the Lower Keys Lionfish Derby is a final of three derbies organized by the Florida Keys National Marine Sanctuary in partnership with the Reef Environmental Education Foundation. That sounds very official, doesn't it? It does. Uh, we'll have a link in the show notes, so if you happen to be down there to find out where it is, or you can search it up, this is on the examiner.com website, uh, and they give some details about it. The uh, derby t- on, on Derby Day, teams can begin collecting lionfish at sunrise. Lionfish can be taken by spear, net hand, slurp gun, hook, or line. I don't see anything mentioning uh, TNT, though. So I'm guessing um, you probably want to check with them if they're going to let you use. Yeah, that's going to be local ordinances, I'm sure. And then at 7 p.m., there's a social 
So they're scoring between 4.30 and 6.30, but at 7 p.m. there's a social. Derby participants can taste dishes made with lionfish, whose delicate white meat has been compared to the flavor of hogfish. Have you ever it's, had hogfish? No, and and I'm thinking that's not the slogan you want to use. You know, lionfish, the other white meat, or taste just as good as hogfish. It's at least as good as hogfish. It, yeah, you it's know, at least as good as hogfish. Right. So you, but it, what is what's worrisome about this is how fast they're spreading, um, and that they're actually, from what I understand, the lionfish is is growing larger than in its native waters. Uh, meaning it is adapting wonderfully, horribly, whichever way you want to describe it, to to the uh, the conditions that it's moving into. Um, it, it's perfect for this fish, which is unfortunate for the native species that it's uh, going to end up displacing if they can't get a handle on it. Yeah, that that is pretty sad that. Uh... You know, they're getting into places they actually like better than where they came from. Uh, it says there's a $100 entry per team, and teams can consist up to four people uh, if you register by, register by November 10th, or it's $120 at the captain's meeting you can register. The fee includes one pair of puncture-resistant gloves and two banquet tickets per team. Let's see, so a good idea. Well, I'm thinking you can have up to four people in the team, but only two of you are going to be able to eat, and then you're going to have to split a pair of gloves. Well, so what you is know. what is the glo- I, I guess I the gloves is that for picking up the lionfish? So well, like- you, yeah, I, when 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 I had uh, lionfish in my marine tank, um, I had a healthy uh, respect for them because the the back is full of well, I'll call them quills. Um, they're venomous, and um, although it won't kill you, it'll it'll put a hurt on you. The way I understand, and I I kept well clear of them. Um, I think you want to avoid that. So, so maybe it's kind of like uh, other sporting teams where you have like a catcher, a pitcher, a lionfish wrangler. So, like you coordinate. <laughs> right. Is there was like uh, you? you, know, you... <gasps> I'll find them and you grab them. Yeah. Yeah, is that like the short straw? <laughs> yeah, it's like the last one in the water is the lionfish wrangler. Right. I don't want to be the lionfish wrangler again. <laughs> I was a lionfish wrangler. I can't wrangler. feel my lips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of like that TV commercial where that guy's coming over for the date, and he's like, oh, you got cat's dog. Is this shellfish? And he's all oh, swollen up. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, so the next one is the pipes are calling, and uh, that is from the camloopsthisweek.com website. So if you string enough words together, you can have your own website too. And actually, I I want to make fun of it, but Camloops is actually a town location because in this article, the Camloops Fire Rescue Battalion uh, was on the job uh and what had happened is that uh danny the dog a two-year-old english springer spaniel was rescued from inside a pipe of a storm catchment uh, apparently after falling two stories and being swept 100 feet in the darkness Uh, this happened on tuesday october 5th 
Uh, they're called to the storm encampment after the uh, storm drainage system running was blocked off by f- four foot high chain link fence. They found a frantic mother daughter duo saying their dog Danny had somehow become stuck in an underground pipe. They had to hold back the mother because she was getting ready to jump in. Mm. Uh, they called for fire crew, fire crews, which within minutes of arrival uh, descended. They cut a metal gate. One of the firefighters uh, wearing scuba mask and tethered to crews in the ground low. Uh, level with rope descended in the sewer. Now they say wearing a scuba mask. I'm I'm hoping he also had a tank and some other gear. <laughs> Here, let's throw this mask on. We'll send you down. That's all you need. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just don't want to get water in your eyes. You ain't got contacts. So uh, they're not sure how he got in. They said we have no idea. You know, it wasn't like mm. um, <laughs> it was a bad a game of catch gone bad. Uh, we were out there because my dog had to be pulled down. Oh, we were out there because my other dog had to be put down. And then all of a sudden he was gone. They couldn't figure out where he was. We heard him barking. They're not sure how he found his way in the sewer system. Hmm. So, but Danny was returned uninjured. So a good story. So, Scuba divers to the rescue once again. I like that. And and they show a picture here, and that dog does not look at all happy. Mm-mm. No, not at all. It smelled much better going in, I'm sure. I'll bet it did. And then the, was that the last article? I think I got one more. Ah, yes, we do. We have one more. Orlando scuba diver wins this weekend underwater scuba res- race. In the Florida Keys. And, this would be fun. Oh, I, the more I'm seeing this, the more I think this needs to be one of our club projects for next year. You know how we want to do that underwater mm-hmm. uh, yep. reef program? Uh, I think we need to play that in. In fact, you know, we, we to get a little off topic, uh, have you got the boat put away yet? No, I don't, actually. I'm going to try and get out this weekend. So what we need to do is we need to go take a a day and mark some locations because I like to do a little bit of marking and plotting just to kind of get some measurements and readings so that next spring hopefully we got things a little bit farther along uh, that we got locations already set up to go on so it'd be nice to get some GPS and some other things uh, ready to go but uh, because I was just thinking it'd be nice to set up like almost like a course or a track down there Orlando scuba diver wins the race and uh, they have a whole a lot of, uh, they had different races, different heats. There are 15 scuba divers racing in four classes around the artificial reef in Bentwood in the Florida Keys as part of the Rec Racing League. And they're calling this Formula H2O Racing as an underwater sport born in Florida featuring divers. And they like to go around these artificial structures. So I, I think we really need to read the rules and see what's required, but... Uh, Probably scooters to start. Scooters? Well, I bet you could do I mean, if you can out-swim a scooter on your own, then I think you deserve the win. I don't think you should be required to have a scooter. Right. I would agree you would deserve to win. Yeah. Uh, the three-day underwater racing event. So the, I first read that, and I thought it took them three days. <laughs> that's, a, that's a slow scooter. <laughs> yeah. It's an endurance event, no doubt. <laughs> Well, it, it's 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 powered by hand crank. 
right. Okay, so uh, we'll, we'll give the that results. Would be fun. It 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 just sounds exciting, and and every time we cover it, it seems to get more and more popular. Uh, they're saying this racing event also featured an underwater co photo contest in honor of Wes Skiles, um, who had a passion for underwater photography. So yeah, we we definitely have to do something like that up there. Maybe we have a you know the the Northern Michigan Invitational. So. Uh, See what time? What time? When, when would it be the best time of year for that? Here, I mean, you could go. It's like clarity or warmth. <laughs> um, but see that, that that could be our advantage. See if you do it when it's really clear but cold. I I go clarity because because it, it would be you know we could handicap. So actually, if you're going to do clarity, you almost want to kick it off. Uh, plus, then you want to get out of bad weather, which could be rough. Which I don't know when bad weather really. Yeah, but but we've had some amazing clarity. Oh, uh, in in May this year. Well, when did we do the first? Was it March when we dove on the Havana the first time? You know, I'd have to go back and look at my log, but uh, it sounds about right, yeah. and it was it it was beautiful. Yeah. Well, and then even when we had that when we were doing those uh, dives there off of Bridgman, that was pretty clear. Huh. Yeah. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to think about that. I, I really would love to do something along those lines. Maybe with, you know, if you're interested in that type of event in the Great Lakes, let us know. Um, you know be, maybe we could even sponsor something. So that does it for Scuba in the News. Uh, for everybody who listened to all two hours of last week, thank you. It wasn't <laughs> <laughs> that was not our intent to go that long. But once you get on a roll, and we had Rich on the program. Thank you, Rich, for being on the show. That was Yes, that was thank great. you, Rich. Yep. That was great. Um and we'll have you we'll have him we'll definitely have Rich back on again. So we're let's see we got through that. We're on to the next part of the show. We talk about last week's dives. So what right. did, have you had any dives since you were on last? Um yeah, actually, didn't you? Did you? Because you do, you do. Didn't you do the Rockaway? Or have we had a show since then? I don't think I, we've talked about it. Yeah, we did do the Rockaway. It was a beautiful dive. Um, it's a nice, nice, easy, easy dive out on uh, out Lake Michigan off of uh, South Haven. That, that, that's right. Yeah. I think we did talk about that because you're talking about the centerboard. Yeah. Yep, yep, that's exactly right. So we did. Yeah, we did. Uh, and have you had another one since then? No, I haven't. Oh, no. I have not. So no. your tanks are full, right, though? Yo, they are. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, that's a good start. So then, uh, okay. So, uh, yeah. And then, see, I missed the Rockaway. And then I wanted to do the next weekend, and I couldn't because of all the home construction projects. But this last weekend, I was able to get out. We went down to Hague Quarry. And I didn't know what to expect at Hague Quarry. I uh, hadn't been there before. I've, I've dove Gilboa. So that's kind of my basis for quarry diving and location. Mm -hmm. And uh, the drive isn't too bad, provided you don't take wrong turns like we did. 
So, <laughs> so a two-hour drive turned into? It wasn't, well, the, the, the detour probably added about 10, 15 minutes on. It's the construction on the Illinois Highway of two lanes going down to one, which that would be my other podcast, which is Road Rage. Uh, right. on, on Tuesday nights. Uh, and and that's where it was completely nuts. It, it, it's like you're in, if people followed the signs and it says get off to the right because we're going to mer- you know, merge coming up and everybody did that, there wouldn't be a problem. What the problem was is as everybody pulled off to the right, then the idiots behind you get in the left lane, shoot all the way up, and then force the merge in. So it took us 15, 20 minutes at least it might even been 30 minutes and then bob had lost a brake pad on his car so we're listening what? to grinding grinding yeah a brake pad <sighs> like part of part of a brake pad came off and it was like the early in the driving i could hear a little bit of noise and then all of a sudden it was obvious and it's one of those sounds that's so loud you can't tell where it's coming from so we'll have to we'll have to send bob a message find out how bad it was, but Bob and I thought it was on the right side, and Kurt thought it was on the left, and he was right. It was actually on the left, and you could see it had scored the drums on that disc pretty bad. Yeah, I my professional opinion is you lose a brake pad, you're uh, yeah, it's... You, you call the dive. <laughs> <laughs> you call the dive. <laughs> yes, you're done. Uh, park that horse in the garage. Well, we were halfway there, and you know how a scuba obsessed people are. Uh, I do. You, I you, do. So you, you got to factor a, you, that in. You got to get a, You can get a new rotor and, uh, and yeah. a brick bed. <laughs> at that at that point, it's only money. We're not going to interrupt a dive. <laughs> uh, so we got down there. So we we actually even had lunch before we dove, which was unusual. We left at nine and got there just a little afternoon, twelve thirty, at the quarry. And it was actually there was a lot of people there. the The lot wasn't completely full. But it was fairly full. We went in. We didn't look around a lot, you know, checked in. We had the paperwork pre-printed, which makes it easy. I advise that. Pre-print it out, fill it out. Uh, they were nice and polite there. Didn't ask you a whole lot of crazy questions. Uh, basically friendly and happy that you're diving. And they had a lot of students there. You could see it. They had the rental racks. They don't sell gear there, but they do rent it. So they had the rental racks out there, and they were there was a lot of renting going on. And then there were a lot of instructors there with their students. So a lot busier than I thought. And and my guess, to just uh, make up a guess, is the last big push to get open water in before the water gets too cold Ah. for students, especially if you're tropical bound. Uh, So uh, we decided we're going to do the first dive. And they they got some nice platforms. These are, you know, they're like aluminum floating docks you know they got the plastic floats underneath them and they're covered so you don't cook in the sun like we've had experience to do at a quarry (laughs) so you're on the dock uh got down there you know nice benches a good space Um, the only critique i would have of the dock is it could use one more step it's got like there's a dock surface there's a step down and then the next step down is about six inches in the water and then there's nothing (laughs) so yeah, so, I mean, not bad, but, you know, another step would be nice for getting in and out. But uh, it, it was actually fairly nice. I, I got geared up and 
they were like, what are you rushing for? I'm, I'm used to the five minute dives where I've got everything in. I'm slepping on the wetsuit and I'm ready to go. So uh, when I'm with a, make fun of these dry suit divers, I have to uh, give them a little uh, grandpa time so that they can get everything all together and, and going. So, but I uh, got down there. Uh, let's see, Kurt, oh, Bob got in the water first because he's got the rebreather. He was going to uh, breathe on it for a while. And, uh, then, uh, I got in and then Kirk came in not too far after me and I'm on the surface and everything's fine. And, uh, it looked, the surface visibility from up above looked pretty good. You could see there were fish swimming around. There's a albino catfish that was probably two or three feet long swimming there by the dock. And just a lot of fish there up, I don't even call it shallows cause it's not, it's a quarry. Uh, you know, drop, pretty steep drop down there. Uh, but uh, there were fish, so we we dropped down uh, straight down to the to the bottom. We we're going to we, our, our dive plan was hit the bottom. We we're going to go along the wall. Uh, we believe that there was a uh, truck, you know, that they had submerged to dive on, and we we're going to hit that and then head out to some of the other objects in the quarry to dive on. So so we went down and. Uh, uh, Kurt's going down, and the the visibility as you got down was actually getting pretty bad. I'd say it was four to five feet, maybe at best. Mm-hmm. And it was it was it's interesting how there's different types of visibilities. You know, like five feet is not five feet is not five feet because different things right. are causing the problem. So this had a little there's a little bit of a tannic acid type thing going. You know, the water was a little uh-huh. bit tea colored there along the bottom. There was also a lot of sediment kicked up. You know, we can blame the students, but it could just be the quarry that time of the year. And as Kurt and I are diving down, we see a fin. And we're like, oh, my gosh, Bob lost a fin because it has his name on it. And then we discovered it was attached to him. <laughs> <laughs> we better grab it. He might want that. Yeah, he might need that back. We just got to get it from this other guy who's got Bob's fin. <laughs> so then I uh, I get down there and I can hear all this wa- this like this sound of air rushing and I'm, you know, I know it's not Bob and he's on a rebreather. And I look at Kurt and he doesn't have any bubbles. I'm like, huh, that's odd. There must be another diver close. Not realizing it was, uh, I blew an O-ring. <laughs> oh no. In my tank. So then yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm going up. So, uh, I went up and I'm on the surface and I, I, I've got my tank and I can just do like a third of a turn. So, you know, it's going slow and the whole thing's going, psst, air's leaking out. So I finally get it done. Now I'm down to 1,600 pounds. Mm -hmm. So I got out and then Kirk, he was having a problem with his gear. He got out. Bob was having a problem with his gear. He got out. So we all got out, kind of did a false start, set, change, inspection, got all back in. And then we we continued the dive. So I started off with another tank about 2,900 pounds. We went along the wall and we were stacked on top of each other to make sure that we didn't lose each other. And we're following the quarry wall and it's snaking in and back and in and back and in and back. And, uh, you know, after a while, this, we said, no, we got to come up. So we came up, uh, Bob, uh, decided that he wanted to take a little bit of break. So he went Mm -hmm. up on the dock. Uh, Kurt and I decided that we were going to go out and, uh, we were, we, instead of swimming along the bottom, hoping to bump into a buoy, mm-hmm. 
we we decided that we're actually going to go and swim to the buoy and go down. So the buoy we had been trying to get to the first time, which was marked in red, which people who have been there will, will probably know what I'm getting at. We thought, okay, well, there's a red buoy. So we swim down, to, we swim over to the buoy, we go down the buoy, and the buoy is marking a concrete block. <laughs> Here it is. Yeah. This is the block you've been waiting for. Exactly. Wow. And I have to say, it was unlike any other concrete block, or meaning unlike, meaning exactly like any other concrete block I've seen underwater. But before we went down, uh, Kurt got a bead on the next buoy, which was a white buoy, which I have now taken to mean is those are the buoys that you do want to go to because there are objects underneath them. This one was a, a boat called the Flamingo, a houseboat. Oh, okay. So he had a, a good bead on that. We swam along and we, we came across it. And that was a nice that was a nice dive. I, actually, I have to say, uh, I know I've done some other light penetration wrecks, but it was nice to actually be on the inside of a of a boat and you know a modern boat because we've been doing a lot of old boats it's like whatever you're diving on you enjoy but you want to dive on what you're not diving on so right so it was nice to see this this houseboat and there were bowling balls on it which was weird well, sure there would be yeah well you know you know how we say that it's not a dive unless there's a golf balls well those are some darn big golf balls big dives big dives yes. so Swam through that wreck. That was a nice wreck to to go on. And then we discovered that now things are, and and the visibility improved. Uh, When we got within 20 feet of that, it went from 5 feet to about 25 feet. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why. And it was also deeper. We went from about 30 feet depth to uh, probably 45, 50 feet. Uh, So we swam to, uh, on this they've got plaque, which gives you the heading and the distance to the next object. So that was the lark, nice. which is a landing craft. So then we swam over to that, uh, and that was that was a nice one, nice nice landing craft. You could uh, dive around uh, over. Uh, went through that. They have a couple little hatches and bulkheads that you can swim through. Um, and then I ran out of air, uh, and uh, we because we had used uh, the first dive about half of it, so that was the second one. So I had the surface swim back to the platform, and it didn't seem that long on the way there, but on the way back on the surface, I tell you, that's a long a long dive. That's the swim of shame, you know that, and I think yeah. I picked that up from Rich. Yeah, Rich Rich called swim it swim of shame. Of shame. Which, I, it, I guess you could say it was a swim of shame. I, I didn't feel like I, I knew I wasn't going to. It was one of those things that's like, do I waste a half air tank or do I breathe the very last molecules of it right out of the tank? So uh, when I got back to the, when I, I was on the surface with 550 and then swam back, but you know, you're kind of going, I could go down. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Rich, Rich is in the uh, chat room there <laughs> saying, yep, the swim of shame. <laughs> He's yelling it. Just remember, they're not laughing at you, Darren. Yep. They're laughing with you. Yep. So um, we did that. We changed out. And, you know, these dry suit guys, they're not doing a whole lot to encourage me to get a dry suit because they're always leaking. I think that's a misnomer. Yeah, I, 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 think think it's, I think it's the dry intended suit. Right. I wish I was dry. Yeah, I wish I was dry. So because uh, Kirk, he, he 
was wet and he had to change. I think he changed like three shirts <laughs> in the course of his dry suit. And then Bob, he was going to get back in and we, we decided we're going to go. There's a, a deep point. Uh, and then we then we played the we're all diving with different tanks and regulators game because I had that first tank, which was down to fifteen hundred pounds. Uh, right. Bob and Kurt had actually had three tanks. And, I, I, you know, the, the conditions weren't to the point. So I really wanted to pay the, you know, eight or nine dollars for a refill. Yeah, you know, I had pretty much you know, I enjoyed the dive. The water was warm on the yeah. surface. You know, it wasn't a bad day. Good day to get wet. But, you know, I just really didn't, you know, it just, I wasn't motivated to go and take the time to head up, fill the tank. You know, it was getting later in the day. So I'm like, nah, I'll just dive with right. it. So I took my first tank where I'd had the, uh, the free, the free flow, free flow, what was it free flow, a blown O-ring on, replaced the O-ring and that. And then, uh, so I had about 1500 pounds. So what we decided is we we're going to do a surface swim out to that. And that was at the deep spot which uh, we believe to be 80 to 90 feet out there. It's a, uh, something called the ladders. So our plan was to swim out there, go down the ladder, and then come back. And uh, Bob gave me his, uh, uh, he had like a little pony bottle. And then also I got the, the, the laser light. He gave me his laser light to try out, mm-hmm. which I was pretty impressed that he entrusted me with the, uh, the death ray. Yeah. So I had that, had that on, and and I, I learned a lot from it. It's nice to, uh, especially in a controlled environment like a quarry, uh, it, it's a good place to tr- maybe try changing one or two things, as long as you don't go crazy and change right. everything out. So uh, you know, and I, I've do- I've dove with ponies, so that wasn't uh, any any big change to that light. So you know, it's a canister light, and of course my BC is known for having an absence of rings that are anything. So we stuck it in the pocket of my BC. And then he's got this, uh, he's, it used to be a, what do they call those HIDs? And he converted it to led recently. Yep. He had it repaired. So it was the led and it's on my hand. And I don't, you know, I have a, a big light an eight C cell dive light. And I don't know why that to me mentally seems easier to have that in my hand and point it around than to point my hand with a light on top. And I kept, because the light wasn't in my hand, I kept wanting to do things with my hands, and then so the light's dancing all over. You know, I'm playing with my my belts or snaps or something or checking something or turning something. So this light's like dancing all over. I probably looked like uh, you know hummingbird or something out there. So right. anyway, we 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 swim along the surface. We head down the ladder, and we're about forty feet down, and it goes from pretty decent viz and brightly lit water to pitch black ink. And yeah, it just got dark and then it got darker and then it got darker, (laughs) you know, and, and you're looking and you just see like the ladder coming out. And the thing about the ladder is I was kind of like, I like to do on an anchor line is I actually don't, you know, I like to not dump all my air, especially being in a wetsuit because as I go down the line, it compresses, and then there's less air I got to add in. You know, part of my right. conservation strategy. But this ladder was just moving so freely that I finally stopped using it to go down. So I don't know if it was just how it was secured or something. And when we got down, there's actually a platform on the bottom, kind of like an octagon shaped, 
and then it's got metal legs about three or four feet. But you know, about the time I'm like, are we ever going to get bottom? We get down there. And then later, Kurt said he thought that I would be freaked because how dark it was. Which I said, nah, it didn't, it didn't bother me. But it was dark. I mean, if you don't like low visibility, dark diving, that was not. I would not go to that deep hole. So it's 80 feet. Uh, he took his uh, his bearings, and then we started heading back. And after probably about 20 or 30 yards, we came to a wall underwater. And then we started swimming up the wall. So this must have been like the deep sump hole of the quarry. quarry. And then we're swimming up it. And the wall, it was like, it was, it was more than vertical. So as you're going up, it's overhead. It almost gave you the illusion that you were doing a cave dive. Mm-hmm. And that was cool, just kind of climbing up or, or rising up that wall. And then probably at about 40 feet, then we got over that. And then at the bottom of that deep hole, there was no silt on the bottom. Uh, and then we got to where there, this quarry does have a little bit of a mucky bottom there. And it was probably four or five inches, I think. So uh, we went and, uh, you know, we had a bearing. on, And so, you know, now I'm down to about 1,000 pounds in my main. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to switch over to the pony. And that had about 1,900s, but it's only like a a 20 or a 30. Mm -hmm. So I breathed on that for a while. And we're we're just going along the bottom, heading the direct course, Kurt's leading. And we keep going and going and going, and I'm watching my gauges, and I'm getting down to 900, then 700, then 500. Then I'm like, crap, I'm going back to 1,000. So then I signal Kurt, letting him know I'm low. And then I finally say, okay, this is it. I want to you know, I, I want to have a little bit of a safety margin in case something happens on the way up. So right. I come up, and right where I come up is smack dab between the two platforms. So we were only like 20 feet off. Had I... <laughs> Had I, had we been a little bit over, we'd run in the platform, come up, perfect. So uh, yeah, all in all, a good you know navigation and and dive. So, uh, but that was the extent of the dive. Sounds like it was a, a neat time. It was. It was. It was a. It's a nice quarry. Uh, I would go back again. I would like to see it with a little bit better visibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not pick on students, but, you know, maybe, you know, I'd, I'd like to see, you know, or earlier today, I think, you know, right. just to see how it changes. Cause I know other locations we've, do- we've dove, especially if you have a few people hit bottom and really stir stuff up, stuff up, it can take a little bit for that to settle down. So I'd like to, you know, get an early day or maybe even a night dive there. Uh, but, uh, you know, definitely if you're in the area worth the trip to, to head over to Hague quarry, uh, I personally can't say I would, it would be one I would want to do every weekend but if i lived closer it would be one of my normal normal dive spots uh well sure i i find uh you know i i it makes me appreciate lake 16 because i say they're very equivalent and actually i think i like lake 16 better because of the 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 wildlife now you they do have uh, a different type of fish we don't see the large fish in lake 16 like they had there at hague quarry um, now I know that they've, uh, they also have some paddlefish there, right? They do. They show it in the pictures. Uh, we didn't see any, but I don't think unless it did, uh, bump me in the back of the head that I'd have been able to see it. Right. They tend to, uh, 
from what I've seen, tend to kind of shadow you and, and stay off a little bit. So if you don't have uh, decent visibility, you're going to miss them. Well, um, exactly, and you can't be too deep. Uh, paddlefish like that uh, 8 to 14 feet depth. And normally, especially in a quarry as deep as a hague, you're going to be probably deeper than that. So they're up above you along the surface uh, swimming around. So you, you're probably not going to get a, you're probably not going to see them. Now, France Park, I have to say, now we've, I think we just got lucky, but, uh, you know, I've seen them there and I've heard a lot of other people say they've seen them there. I've seen them on my two or three trips down there. So uh, they're pretty cool. Another report from France Park. Uh, talked had a buddy that went down there and dove this past weekend. The visibility was poor at best there, um, so it was uh, just a get wet session. Mm-hmm. Um, but he hasn't. Uh, he's still working on a lot of his his basic skills. He doesn't get a chance to get out very often, mm-hmm. uh, and that's an excellent opportunity for him him there. So yeah. Now, now you say, uh, how many, but how many dives does he have? Um, a handful. Okay. A handful. So yeah. he'll, he'll, he'll be a good one that uh, maybe we can talk him into doing some uh, uh, wreck dives like maybe Havana or something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, I think this upcoming summer, will, uh, our, our local uh, ring of divers is, is going to expand again. So if we can keep doing that, we're going to be good. Yep, keep, keep adding a few more divers into the fold every year. Right. So... Uh, that is it for the dives that we have done uh now do you got anything lined up i don't have anything that i've been thinking about you know i'd like to get out saturday morning my window of opportunity is is slim um Uh got some plans for in the afternoon and evening on saturday and and uh sunday maybe our last good day uh on the boat so Mm -hmm. i think i'm going to be out on the water, but not in the water. Yeah. If that makes any sense. It does. Uh, you know, Saturdays I, I won't be diving. I've got uh, football games uh, early in the day. Luckily, yep. fairly early, yep. but uh, that, that will preclude diving. And I don't have anything planned for Sunday. I know Bob is back into his uh, or starting his outage. Right. So uh, you know, maybe there's a chance for a Lake 16 dive. I'd be interested going back there just because it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, nothing planned. And then I, I, I do want to get out to, uh, like we had talked about earlier, out on Lake Michigan at some point in time just to do stuff. So hopefully before, you know, we at least have one boat between somebody who's able to go out so we can do some some checking. Right. Uh, so, but that's uh, that's about it. Um, right, end of the month, and then we're done. Yeah, yeah, yep. And then uh, river dives. Uh, uh, I haven't had a chance to do any yet, but I see that some of the other mud clubbers have been out there diving. Uh, yes. Uh, not Kurt. Uh, ba- uh, Mac, Larry, and uh, who was that? Jim S was out there uh, doing they, some river uh, dives. So found interesting sights, and uh, I guess the visibility wasn't bad. Yeah, not not bad for river dive. It starts to clear up. This time of year, if you can stay away from, uh, you know, if you stay four or five days away from a rain, uh, it's not too bad. And then you're not, we're not shutting down traffic because there's really not a whole lot of boats in the river this time of year. So Right, 
right in in some of those spots there's little to none anyway so that's a good thing okay are you there yeah i'm still here can you still okay. hear me okay yep i can hear you okay so that uh, about does it for another week i'd like to thank everybody for listening uh oh, oh i didn't tell you you didn't hear about uh that um, i'm planning on doing dima Oh, you're going to make it. Good. Yeah, I'm going to make it. I told Missy about it. She already put in her vacation time. Good. And, uh, I didn't tell her. I wasn't thinking she was going to go. So I guess <laughs> now i got to take her. But <laughs> Heck yeah. <sighs> yep, yep. So the, we'll, be, we'll be heading to DEMA. i got to put in the paperwork. Uh, uh, I need to do that this weekend, so I'll put that in. And uh, I, I did a little... Twitter post to see how some of the Scuba Fest fans uh, thought about it, and it was an overwhelming uh, number said that, you know what, we need to go and we need to cover it. So that is our mandate from our listeners. Well, good. We're, we're going to go, and so maybe what we'll do, uh, think we'll, we'll have to solidify some plans. Uh, maybe uh, we can have, have uh, you know, we can do some uh, broadcasts maybe each day, do a little mini what is seen at DEMA. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's going to have to because I know I can't make it, and so, I want to live vicariously through you. So uh, that, uh, that 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 sounds good, uh, and I I might need a donor liver when I get back too. So uh, you know, if you could you know make sure that there's something available, I won't need the whole thing. Just I, I hear you only need like a little bit of a liver. They they, they they're kind of resilient. So oh, yeah, it's just like. We only use ten percent of our brain, so yeah. well, I think, um, I think I've gotten many... along so far with just that. So the liver can't be much different. Yeah, well, I think some people consume a little bit more than their liver. <laughs> the and liver is evil. I way. saw that the <laughs> chat room. Rich is in there. Liver is evil. Must be punished. Well, we'll do plenty of uh, punishing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Wow. <laughs> <sighs> Okay. Uh, okay. So, okay. So, so you're you're ready? It, it's time for that time. <laughs> if I said no, would it change anything? No, no. I'm no. just giving okay, you. I'm ready then. And, and last week's, I do have to say, if I say so myself, wasn't too bad of a of a bad joke. So I don't know if that is that good to not be a bad scuba joke or bad to be good. Oh well, whatever. Something. Okay. So here we go. Uh, there was an Anchorage, Alaskan scuba diving crew that decided they're going to have some fun with a new rookie crew member. So they came up with a three-step initiation. Anxious to be one of the guys, the rookie asked, what do I have to do? And it says three things, he was told. You have to drink a quart of straight whiskey, hug an Eskimo girl for three hours without her parents catching you, and shoot a full-grown grizzly bear with a spear gun. So the new cruise members immediately downed the whiskey, sent out the cold night with a wild look in his eyes. Three hours later, he was back, his clothes torn, scratches all over her body. He said, okay, okay, where's the Eskimo girl I'm supposed to shoot? Okay, there. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway. So anyway, you see there was these, okay. So, until next <laughs> go out and get wet. <laughs> Dive safe. I agree with you, Rich. <laughs> that was really bad.